You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in and uh, be a part of the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. Did spend a little bit of time today trying to flesh out this whole Packernet After Dark Live thing. Come to find out that I actually do have a uh, call waiting feature, which is kind of something I was wondering about is what do you do about multiple calls and, you know, nobody's calling, so I'm going to go ahead and read off this or play, you know, the one voicemail and then somebody calls. So... All you got to do, answer it, please hold, put on hold, bang, back to the work, back to the job, back to what we're doing. Probably not going to do it, but um, it's there. New callers do go directly to the front of the... <coughs> I almost made it without coughing there. New callers go directly to the front of the line. <laughs> we got a new caller. Please take it away from me. Hey, Ryan. This is A.A. Ron from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, hey, calling man. in about... Uh, Airing grievances about Aaron Rodgers. Um, one thing that I don't, I haven't heard anybody talk about, but that just kind of bothers me is, uh, so when he goes on the Pat McAfee show, he talks about how he's arguably the greatest player in Packers history. Right. And then everyone's quick to say, yeah, well, he's right. He's right. Um, however, statistically, that may be true. Is that not kind of a tasteless thing to say about yourself? Um, maybe I'm just uh, a certain way, but I kind of feel like you should let other people say that about you. Um, I can't imagine someone like Bart Starr saying that about himself or uh, some of these other classier players. So uh, just wanted to know your thoughts about that. Thanks. Yeah, so I get what you're saying, and I, I know, for example, Leroy Butler was uh, pretty upset about it as well, um, which is probably not somebody whose bad side you want to get on, but I don't think it bothered me quite as much. It, it It's one of those things where when he said it, I had no reaction. It didn't really phase me at all, and then when other people came around were like, hey, hey, you shouldn't say that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I, guess I could see that. I think for me, though, and I'd have to go back and listen to be sure, but I think it was the context. And I know no matter what, you shouldn't say it or whatever, but it wasn't just meant to be braggadocious, which is a freaking sweet word, but it was to make a point, right? He's trying to to make a point about certain things. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm guessing it had to do with how the Packers treat players or whatever, but the point is, I think within the context, it wasn't necessarily to brag. It was just, you know, I, I 
I don't. It, it was almost uh, apologetic. Like I don't mean to brag or anything, but I, I don't think anybody would really debate that you would put me in you know this high status. It was an unusual thing to to hear because people don't usually say that. But look, he he. I again, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, let's be real about this. And, and the Mount Rushmore of Green Bay Packers, especially if you're just talking players, there, there's no question. Right. And, and what did he even say? Like top 10 or something? I don't, I don't, I don't remember what he said, but there, there's just no doubt. The guy is one of the greatest Packer players in the franchise history. And there have been some unbelievable players for us. Unfreaking believable. Some of them are still on the team right now. Guys like Aaron Jones has to be one of the greatest running backs in Green Bay Packers history. Right. He's not on Rogers level. So I, you know, I, I think just from my standpoint, and again, it just kind of depends where you stand on these things. I, I, it's kind of a, I don't know if you call it like old school or whatever, kind of, you know, the way I was raised, you don't say stuff like that uh, from, you know, from being classy and all that. I, I just look at it as he's trying to make a point and I don't want him to not be able to say it just for that reason. Maybe if you can make the point without it, you know, use some other people as examples would probably be better, you know. Hall of Fame players like Brett Favre, although you can't say Brett Favre anymore because that's a curse word. Hall of Fame players like Jordy, that uh, the way he was treated or whatever. Again, I don't remember the context. It just didn't shock me. But I do think it just kind of, you know, especially as these things have gone on, we start to get a real, and this is what I said earlier about, you know, the whole Pat McAfee thing. I really enjoyed it because it's nice that they peel back the curtain and rather than just once a week during the season, getting to hear them go to the podium and all they're doing, whether it's Rogers or McCarthy or whoever's going there, is giving these yes, no garbage answers that just, you can't see anything. It's all reading tea leaves and most of those tea leaves are garbage because they are masters at saying nothing. So I appreciate it. The problem is we get a really good view of who these people are. And I think we've all, you know, granted, I, I haven't spent a week with him alone or whatever. I'm sure he's a nice human being. I mean, we have examples of that and all that stuff. But you just kind of get an understanding of who he is. He's extremely prideful, somewhat arrogant, not in a way in which he would mistreat, you know, a, a nice lady walking across the street or whatever. I'm sure he's very polite. But he's, he's proud, he's boastful, he's arrogant, he's all these things. That there's some clips I want to play tomorrow. It's funny because there was a time when Greg Jennings was public enemy number one, and I think he probably still is for a lot of people, but I, for me personally, as we've been peeling back the layers of seeing Aaron Rodgers and who he is, and, and you know, again, there's a lot of good, but it's just he's not a perfect human being who's never done anything wrong, and anybody that says anything bad about him is a pariah and he's horrible and all. I personally look at this as, as a... Maybe we owe Greg Jennings an apology kind of thing, you know? Because, you know, he, he he's talking about Rodgers made some comments about, you know, maybe you should go play for them when I want to come back, and that kind of hurt my feelings. And here come all the Packer fans, myself included, going, you piece of crap, you don't ever talk about Rodgers like that. You pansy, you just suck it up and deal with it like a man. You know, it's like, I think it's okay for people to give opinions that are contrary. I mean, it's just, again, it's it's how he felt. Some people love him, some people really didn't like him. So it, it just, it fits. It fits him that he would be the guy of anybody that would come out and say, look, I am one of the top Packers of all time. It's not that surprising from him. And again, I think contextually, if he had just come out and said it just for fun, you know, wearing a t-shirt, I'm the greatest Packer ever or something, that would feel disrespectful because it feels like you're kind of straight up attacking Bart Starr, which is an absolute sin or anything, you know, Reggie White or, any, you know, whoever. That's dangerous territory, but 
you know, to, to try to make a specific argument and to say, you know, look, let's not be silly about this. I'm obviously one of the top guys, whatever. I don't know. It, it didn't phase me, I guess. Anyways, AA Ron, I appreciate the call. Very, very mucho. Let's kick her back up to the top of the list and see what Kyle's up to. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Kyle from Madison. How, How you, you doing? doing? Good. So, the Rogers bit came out yesterday, yeah. I guess it was, maybe the day before. Sure. Put this in context, where he uh, talks to the athletic and met Schneiderman and really just beats a dead horse. But I did read through it, and it really got me thinking. I believe it was, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it was like March. It was very early in this whole saga where Bob McGinn reported yep. that someone inside the Packers had said that the Packers front office and most people in the building were disgusted in Rogers. I think disgusted, I'm pretty sure that was the word. And at the time, I remember thinking, you know, I don't know. You know, it seemed really like a strong word. I had no doubt, you know, that there were some grumblings in there, but I didn't, I, it seemed like it was an awfully strong word. Yep. After I'll try to find going that. through the Schneiderman piece, I think that might be right. Yeah. And the thing that's dawning on me is I think things were far worse than maybe any of us realized. I think so. With Rogers and the front office and just the team as a whole. Um, and that's just kind of coming to the surface now. I think, you know, the Packers, I mean, just gut feeling. I know we can't quantify that, but there definitely was a feeling that the locker room maybe hadn't turned totally, so to speak, but it's just something was right. Talented players not playing up to their ability, lack of focus, just that it factor missing, bad effort from otherwise you know, quality cerebral players and coaches. And I'm just kind of looking here now that most of the cards have been flipped up and thinking, gosh, <laughs> maybe it really was that bad. You know, maybe right. it was worse than we thought, and I think it was. So if that is true, it kind of begs the question, how much, um, how much does flipping that, does getting Rodgers out of there and getting that positive locker room back. I mean, how many wins is that worth? You know? Yep. If Love plays just as good as Rodgers last year, which I think he can do, how many wins is that locker room turning around and getting that negativity out of the team worth? Yeah. Because I think it could be substantial the more I think about it. All right. Kyle out. Yeah, so first of all, perfect segue from what I was just saying, and, and I'm glad I'm not alone. Again, I'm just trying to tell you where I'm at. Um, and again, still grateful for Rodgers and all that stuff, and I'm sure he has a lot of great attributes and all that, but I do think things were very toxic, and I think we've been way too defensive of the guy, you know, defending him on everything as though we had any idea what kind of a person he was. We just assumed he's a perfect angel that everybody loved and nobody ever disliked, and he never harmed or did anything wrong, and suddenly some things are coming out about, you know, some of his character flaws, which we all have. But it's just a matter of we just have to see it for what it is and accept it. I mean, like you said, the cards are flipped up now, and everybody's kind of saying the same thing. And you got, well, you know, Romeo Dobbs didn't. He said he appreciates Rod. Not really. Again, the, the clip I'm going to play tomorrow is Jennings, and his whole thing is like he, he got thrown under the bus for some, and this was Favre. 
but he got thrown under the bus for something. And they were like, well, when you went to the podium, did you say, he's like, heck no, I took the blame. I took the fall and Favre went up to the, and he blamed Jennings. Like later on in the meetings, he admitted it, but he screamed at his receiver for doing exactly what he told him to do. Then went to the podium and let the wide receiver take the blame. And the receiver took the blame and nobody talked about because he's Favre. And that's exactly what happens with Rodgers. Nobody's going to talk bad about Rodgers. Nobody's going to throw him under the bus. So I think when you start hearing backhanded comments from Romeo Dobbs about like, look, I respect the guy and I, I, I learned a lot from him. He never even basically said a word to me the, the whole year, but I still was able to learn a lot from him. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's stuff like that where it's like, wait, 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 back, back up a little bit. He, he, he didn't talk to you like at all, like in the rot locker room, like nothing. Basically just flat out said the guy never face to face verbally taught me a freaking thing. And even, even Jordan Love, when they were talking about the, the differences in their styles in the locker room, and, you know, again, he's very appreciative of Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is a, is, has always been nice to him and all that stuff, but, you know, he makes the comment about, I don't really see a reason to, like, scream at people. That's not my thing, especially the young guys who are just learning. There's no reason for me to go up and start screaming at them. What do you think he's referring to? Anyways, I can tell what time period we're in right now. It's it's when this article came out, so I've, I've got it pulled up, the Aaron Rodgers uh, Matt Schneiderman piece, but also I went and found the McGinn thing. Let me read this again now that we're through it, and I don't think we've really revisited it, but here is what McGinn said, and there, there's a whole podcast, 51 minutes long, but here's a couple excerpts from that. McGinn says, as of right now, I'm convinced, based on my own instincts and knowing the NFL and knowing what happens after all these defeats and discussions with someone who is who has firsthand knowledge of this organization, of the Packers' internal debates, they are done with Rodgers. That's the way it is right now, that he's not coming back. They're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. This is going to involve money and a trade partner and all kinds of things, but I'm totally convinced he is not going to be their starting quarterback this year. On the other hand, they love Jordan Love. They think he's the second coming now. They've seen enough in practice for three years that they believe he is like Rodgers 2.0. Think about how freaking serious this is, especially since the first part just came to fruition. By the way, go watch anybody breaking down Jordan Love's film right now. I understand a lot, you know, like Kurt Warner and stuff, it's like... They're always very on the quarterback side, so I take everything they say with a grain of salt. He very, he really couldn't find very much. And again, like I told you, I went and watched him break down other guys. Even Lamar, he was not very nice to Lamar. He didn't like Lamar all that much. Brock Purdy, he was not as nice to. Justin Fields, not very nice to. He had some critiques, but overall, he's like, yeah, this dude's good. I get Mike Martz. He broke down Trey Lance and Justin Fields and shredded them. Said they're not NFL quarterbacks, like complete garbage, trash, whatever. They, they, he looked at Jordan Love and said, this guy is unfreaking believable What did he say? Something like, I would sell the farm for Jordan Love right now? Let me read this again to you. I am totally, uh, skip. On the other hand, they love Jordan Love. They think he is the second coming now. They've seen enough in practice for three years that they believe he is like Rodgers 2.0. That's where the organization is coming from right now. They have turned the page just like they did Favre in June and July, those months in the summer of 2008, and I don't see it changing. A later quote, Even if Rodgers comes back to collect the $59 million, I think he's the backup. He could try to ruin the whole operation, but he knows that's not going to happen, and he's going to accept a trade somewhere. He knows he can't live with that with the Packers fans and everybody. It's love's turn. The organization's going that way, and that's the way it is. This is everybody, I'm told. 
This is Murphy. This is LaFleur. This is Gutekunst. So, so that's the thing. It's always painted as like Gutekunst is a piece of shoot. And it's his fault. He and Murphy are pieces of crap. And Rogers is the good guy. And he's just trying to do nice things. And they just hate him for no reason. No. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, everybody is done with Aaron Rodgers. He says, this is the whole shooting match. They've turned the page. They don't see Rodgers as a guy who's really working hard anymore. They see a guy who, when he reported this year, little jab there, he wasn't so-called tight and strong as it was. They see a guy who blew off the offseason last year. They're done. It's hard to be, uh, it's a hard guy to be done with. I mean, those are very, when I read it, even I, and, and this is what always happens, and it was with Tyler Dunn and Bob McGinn. Whenever I read stuff like this, I'm like, dude, this is a little, this is a little much. And then Tom Silverstein came out like a, a couple days later with basically the exact same report and some other different inside things talking about how Gutekunst last year was telling people, we're done with Rodgers. We're done. And again, now that we've seen more of the cards, now that the trade has come to fruition, now that everything that's here has come to be, you know, at some point you got to be like, you know, maybe, maybe this stuff is true. You don't have to believe it, but how many years now has this been? I mean, this all basically started with Tyler Dunn, like what, four years ago or whatever that was. He came out with that art. He had already gone to Buffalo and he basically pulled up all his receipts, all his contacts from the Packers and he just freaking dumped everything and I was pissed you freaking jerk you come in here trashing this to blah 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 right and it's just evolved it's one thing after another and it's the same thing over and over and now we get some of the stuff especially these past years where we see that he's not putting in the effort he's not going to OTAs he's not working out in the offseason he's not putting an effort with anybody he doesn't try to get to know anybody he just Again, says this is the standard. If you're not at it, you're a piece of crap. He's throwing people under the bus. Everybody's throwing everybody under the bus to protect Rodgers. It's just, it's too much. It's all bull crap. I love Rodgers. I love what he did for the team. I, I, the, the memories I've had, the memories I've been able to share with my kid. I mean, it's just, Rodgers has been unbelievable. But we got to face reality. It is time to move on. Rodgers doesn't want to be here. Nobody wants him here. And it's very understandable from both sides to see why that is. He's over there. He's loving his life. He doesn't have to deal with people that he hates, at least for now. He's just having the time of his life. Good. He belongs over there. But we deserve better than what he was willing to give us. Period. And you're right. To think that that didn't bleed into the locker room is stupid. Of course it did. Of course this all bled down into the locker room. I mean, you know, and again, nobody's going to say it. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, none of these guys are going to come out and be like, yeah, dude, it was super toxic. But at the same time, look at those locker room interviews. Everybody looked just crappy and pissy. I mean, granted, they were losing, but still, they're just never, it didn't have that feeling. That was one of the great things about when Matt LaFleur showed up. There was this great locker room energy, right? With Zadarius, like they brought in some guys and they were fun and they, like everybody was just having a good time. Jair and Z, they just had this energy about them, you know? Maybe it went a little bit too far with the partying and stuff, but it was just a lot of fun and it helped this football team. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yes, the talent was there and that's part of the reason they were as successful as they were when they were successful, but we saw them fail with almost the exact same talent. There, there, there is an element to this. And again, I'll say it for the billionth time. You look at the Robert Tunyon comments. That doesn't make any sense. There is a cancer in this locker room. And I'm not putting it all on Roger's head, but there is a culture that needs to be bred in there, and it just can't grow. 
Brian Gutekunst goes out year after year after year looking for culture guys, culture guys, and for whatever reason, they can't grow. Rogers isn't the cancer. He's a big giant freaking cloud in the sky blocking the sun. And now that he's moved out, endless clouds are great. They, he, he goes over to the Jets and he waters them. Good, go water them. That's what they need. They need to, They need that leadership. They need. We need the freaking sun. We've had the cloud for too long. Too much rain. We're, we're, we're drowning over here. We got it. Thanks, Rogers. Move over there. They need rain. That's the freaking desert over there. We need the sun to grow these, these young guys. And they're not able to when, when the culture is Rogers saying, shut up, get in your book, quiet, run in the locker room like a library. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, people could be loud. I was, it's just an illustration, I guess. But now these guys can actually flourish and be who they want to be. And there's drawbacks to it, but it's what we need at this time. Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Hey. Um, I'm, uh, I'm glad you played the David Bakhtiari video. I actually uh, had already listened to it. But when I first saw like the reports on Twitter with comments, it sounded so much worse than what it was that he said. And I just growing to dislike the media more and more every day. They made it sound like, you know, we suck at the rebuild, yeah. not backing down, um, all that kind of stuff. And when you can hear it in his tone, like you said on the podcast, what he's framing as rebuild wouldn't necessarily be what I or you would call a rebuild. Um, and so it was good to hear. Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't backing down on this is the word I want to use, but he certainly he, he backed off and basically said, look, th this is what I mean, and I'm calling it a rebuild. And then, again, me and you and pretty much everyone else would look at that and go, okay, yeah, nobody would agree with what you're characterizing this team is. We just wouldn't call it a rebuild. So, that, and that's the reason I hate the word rebuild, because he says it and everybody's like, oh, see, you're rebuilding, you suck. And it's like, no, 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 he's, he's just stupid, and he, he's using the wrong word. Just ignore him. You know, it's just like the, the low expectation thing for Jordan. Lower your expectations. Oh, see, you think he sucks. Oh. No, freaking dummy. They're just saying don't expect MVP Aaron Rodgers out of him in the first year. Good Lord, you bunch of dummies. hear that. On the flip side, I don't love that he doesn't really want to be there. And I don't know. He almost feels like he's getting this... Uh... Kind of like what Rodgers and Favre got. Like they they get paid, they get old, they know they're good, and and they get just get this cocky arrogance to them, and yeah. think that they don't have to put in the effort anymore, which is problematic. I mean, it doesn't mean the talent's not there, but it's not just about the individual talent. It's about the the, the team cohesion and right. not just. Oh right, and he even admitted the only reason he's there is for the money, because the Packers built it into his contract. That's it. Right, And what we want to hear from him, not just because we want it because we're greedy fans and we want all nicey-nicey stuff, but because it's important what your actual mentality is, what we want to hear from you is, I don't need that to be buried in. I'm going to be here every time the doors are open. I'm going to be here to support my team. I'm going to be here to grow. I'm going to be here to work with the coaches and make sure that we're in the best possible shape because I want to win championships and I want my team to know that I'm here to support them. That's what I want to hear a leader say because that's what a freaking leader does. But what did he say? I'm only here because of the money. <laughs> All right, dude, whatever. Playing as a team, but also um, the locker room and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, it kind of makes me ready to see Bakhtiari go. Um, part of me wonders if we should be trying to trade him now to get some value for him because this offseason, he's not going to be tradable with his contracts. We'll probably have to cut him. Um, and I do think this is probably his last year with us. The flip side is he's one of the top three left tackles in football, in my yeah. opinion. And 
even if he doesn't do everything we want him to do from a team and locker room perspective, at least he's got a loves blind side. But kind of makes me wonder who our long-term left tackle is. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's Elton and that he'll be able to kick out yeah. um, to back to tackle. I know he started a little bit at right tackle last year. I'm hoping if not, maybe Zach Tom could do left tackle. But I'm kind of torn because I'm like, I want Love protected this year to give him a good chance. I also, right. if Bakhtiari is going to be gone and Tom or Elton could be good at left tackle, I kind of would like to get that train rolling too. But, yeah, I just don't love his perspective on it's a job. I'm here to get paid and do the bare minimum and yeah. and uh, not focusing on the team aspect and hanging out. Yeah, it's a garbage attitude that you don't want bleeding down. And, and it is a tough call. You know, a lot of people are like, You're, how could you even say something like this? Because culture matters that much. It really does. And, and listen, if everybody can just ignore him and be like, I don't know, he's a freaking weirdo. We're going to be over here. We're going to work. We're going to do our thing. Fine. But people are malleable, right? You, you start getting in with him, you know, some of the offensive linemen, and they kind of build that mentality of like, whatever, just chill out. And then, you know, it, it can cause problems. But I'll say this. He, he is exactly where Aaron Rodgers was, I think, at this point. He's here because, and really only because, he's a top three guy, right? There's a lot of guys who are not top three at their position who are going to stay here. I think if he dips, and I, and I think he knows it, if his if he gets hurt again, if his production dips, they're going to get rid of him so fast, it's, it's not going to be funny. Because, again, this stuff is important. And we can just, you know, stick our nose up at it, but... The reason we haven't won Super Bowls is not because we didn't get Rodgers a freaking wide receiver. It's because our locker room, our culture is garbage, and it needs to be fixed. We need a new energy in that locker room, a new belief that we are the best freaking team in football. Because last time we actually were the best team in football, they go in there going, we didn't believe in ourselves. That's a culture problem. And having a bunch of veterans going, I don't care, I'm just here for the money, is not what I want these young guys to be learning. I don't want it. Well, he's so good. Frickin' whatever. So what? Again, I'm not saying he needs to go, but I just, it, it is that serious to me that if I was the GM and I genuinely believe that he was negatively affecting the young players and everything that we're building so that when he leaves, now there's a new frickin' cancer that he built in here, he would be gone. If I believed that. I, I don't know that that's happening. It's probably not happening, but that kind of attitude can't be here. I don't actually care about the team. I don't care about winning. I And, and by the way, because a lot of people are rolling their eyes, that's exactly what that means. If you're saying, I'm not coming here unless it's for money, you, you cannot tell me that your goal is winning championships. Your goal is to build a high-quality team. That is not your focus. You're telling me that. 100,000%. And it was the same thing with Rodgers. That is a bold-faced lie if you say that what you can, what your singular focus is is winning a championship. Because if that was the case, you'd be there. And that goes for Jair and anybody else. You know, oh, I'm so good. It doesn't freaking matter how good you are. You actually want this team to win championships? You show up when the doors are open. Period. Now, fortunately, David Bakhtiari is massively outnumbered. Right? There's a lot of young guys putting in a lot of work, and, and if they can just kind of go their own way, and David Bakhtiari, he puts in his work, and then he goes out and does his thing. He FaceTimes, you know, because apparently that's what these guys do, which is a weird thing. I've never even used it, but I, it's funny. There's all kinds of videos out there like, dudes don't FaceTime dudes. That's weird. Well, Rodgers and Bakhtiari FaceTime each other, I guess. 
you know, he's going to do that, you know, and, and do his thing and hang out with his super, super cool friends and not the loser people at the Packers. If that's your thing, then that's your thing, whatever. But it is a bad attitude. And it's just not something that is, that's not something that should be tolerable in a locker room, period. Not the guys and building camaraderie and all that. So, yeah, definitely interesting to think about. Also, I wish Jair was there. Um, really wanted to see him step up this offseason and right. be one of our top leaders. And I know it's OTAs, but man, I would just wish he would be there especially on this first year with love and really establish himself as a core veteran leader and just, and uh, show the other veterans how to lead maybe a little bit. I, I just thought with Jair's fire, that'd be big, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Unless- yeah. It's, it sounds like, and it, it, unless I'm missing something, maybe it's an excused absence of some kind. I haven't heard anything about that, but um, if, if, if it isn't, I believe he forfeited about seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, some absolutely absurd number. Anyway, Seth got cut off, but why don't we take a break real quick? We'll come back and listen to the second half of Seth's call again. If you'd like to support the podcast, Patreon.com forward slash Pack underscore Daddy. Gotta catch my breath. I had to pause there, go upstairs and dig a hole for my wife. I don't know. She's getting into gardening all of a sudden. Got to plant flowers all over the place. A lot of roots and everything. Anyways, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, if you'd like to support them, please check them out at FertileGroundRanch.org. You can find it. It is my pinned tweet. Very easy to find. Find out what they're all about, and if you'd like to support them, that'd be fantastic. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey. Hopefully somebody snuck in between my house here. I catch up on everything on the weekend. Dad, you know, so uh, new dad here. Sorry for the couple calls close together, but you probably won't hear from me for a week. Um, you responded to my uh, my note on the butcher question and me asking about butt dialing and trying to make a, a joke. Apologies for that. It was 11.30 at night, and I was highly caffeinated driving to get my brother from the airport. It was a little bit of a hike, and uh, I was trying to make like a five-year-old level butt joke. So, yeah, one not my best moment. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, you said you were going to do, as part of my question on your butcher friend, you got to talk about your cooking chicken that day. You are going to try to do lollipops. Yeah. My request is that you let us know how that goes, because I'd also be interested in that. I love making uh, drumsticks, but um, hate so I'll just say right now, I apologize. I didn't do that. It was my first time doing drumsticks. See, I have a problem with whenever I do something the first time, I have to make it massively extravagant. Like, it's got to be, like, big. Like, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to watch all these videos, and I'm going to do it bigger than that. I just did pineapple today. That was the thing I grilled. I grilled pineapple. I went and bought one. I carved it up. And it wasn't terrible, but I messed it up by just doing too much. So here's my tip. When you do something for the first time, do it as absolutely basic as you possibly can. Find the most basic thing that somebody didn't do it. And if you want to add to it, add to it. Don't do what I do, which fortunately I didn't do this with a tomahawk. I did it very, very simple and it came out perfect. I always have to go over the top with every freaking thing I do. And I'm not going to say I ruined the pineapple, but I kind of did a little bit. Just completely unnecessary. <sighs> Don't need to get into it. Actually, I'll give you an opportunity to hear more about that, but don't worry about it. That, that'll that come. But no, I did not lollipop them. Um, I'll be honest, I'm struggling with the chicken a little bit. The the, the, the drumsticks were fine. You know, I, I love the sauces I put on, my, on them and everything, but they just, they I, I don't know. The thighs and the drumsticks and stuff that a lot of people like, I'm struggling to make it as good as it should be. Plus, there's all these like tendons in them and everything. Maybe that's where the lollipop would have been better. I mean, trying to eat it it's not like a normal chicken wing where you just, or chicken leg or whatever, you just go all the way around, piece of cake. This thing had all this stuff in there. It was, it was just annoying to eat. And I'm eating it like, this is why it's so cheap. It's not worth it. So, I, I, I mean, again, it's fine. But, you know, I, again, I could buy pork loin for cheaper and it's 50 times better than these little drummies. So, I don't know. I'll keep working. I got to get chicken wings and, and like do that. You know, like drums and wings and stuff. I'm thinking that'll be okay if I get some maybe better quality. I'm buying like bottom of the barrel stuff, which is also part of the problem. Just the cheapest freezer crap I can find. But anyways, yeah, I didn't lollipop them. And uh, so there you go. That tendon in there. So I don't know much about these lollipop things. I've seen them and I've popped them out. But let me know that guys. I mean, you mentioned you're from the Vertex. I don't know if I missed something or maybe it's just bringing that over. What's the Vertex? What does it do? Yeah, so the Vortex is, it works on probably a couple different things, but it works on uh, Weber grills, for example, and it's really just a big circle. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, uh, what would you, what is that shape? Cone-shaped, I guess. And you pour charcoal in it, you light it, and it just concentrates heat. And you, you generally what you do, you can use it a couple different ways. You can flip it upside down, whatever. But the, the, the way that it's used in such that people actually like it 
is you know the the smaller part of the cone is at the top and then it widens at the base and it's such a concentrated amount of heat you put that in the middle then you put the meat around the outside and um essentially i think you're getting radiant heat it comes up and it you know hits the top of the dome and it's actual radiant heat that's hitting the meat i think this is what's happening i thought it was kind of dumb because it's like i can do this with my slow ends here that i have you know it's basically the same thing but it's not i think it's actually such high heat that it actually and, and and the vortex comes because it actually kind of swirls around there you get the smoke kind of going around in circles in your in your weber grill if you have one and then i think there's actually some radiant i could be wrong but like actual again radiant heat that's that's hitting the chicken so it, it's really high heat it crisps up the chicken really really well so if you're doing it on a weber that's a better way to probably do it does a really good job of uh cooking things like that chicken wings chicken legs you know if you got some skin on chicken breasts or whatever and you want to get some really good crispy chicken but still keeping the meat juicy and everything i think that's a really good way to do it again i thought it was stupid for kind of a long time because i like a lot of things just like with the tomahawk i was like no it's just a ribeye i know what a ribeye tastes like i don't care if there's a big bone on it i mean it's cool but it's not going to taste better what i didn't account for is the fact that it's so thick and that's really what makes tomahawks i think so much better of steaks is that they're thick so if you get a thicker ribeye i think you're going to get the same results but again it's just i just assume things and i'm wrong it's the same with the vortex i assume that it was no different than any other kind of you know indirect cooking but that's not true because the the concentration of heat is so unbelievably hot it's just a different kind of cooking so uh yeah just just check it out just type in vortex and then like weber or vortex grilling or something like that you'll see it it's just a round piece of metal you can get it on amazon for i don't know 20 30 bucks something like that i'm sure there's some knockoff brands which i, I don't want to do that because if i'm going to invest in it just invest in it who knows what it is that causes this thing to, to work or not work. Everybody swears by it. Just buy the freaking right thing. I think Weber is actually coming out with their own or has come out with their own. You could try that if you want, whatever. But yeah, if you like those things, wings, drumsticks, uh, you know, whatever, that's it's a good way to cook them. Your machine, what's going on here? I like to know these things. Also, what do you use for a grill? I use a master boat. Yeah. Um, it's a gravity-fed charcoal grill. I was very infatuated with those and was very tempted to get one because I like charcoal taste, you know? Um, I didn't really like my pellet cooker because it had, like, this soft wood, and I'm just not used to that. I was more into, like, the charcoal. So I thought, well, why not get, like, a a charcoal pellet grill, basically? But it it looked kind of complicated in terms of, like, the ignition, and people were complaining about, like, stuff getting stuck, and it just, I was like, eh... I don't really know, but um, yeah, I, I I do think that those things are pretty cool. I don't know a ton of people that actually have them, so let me know what you think about it. But it, it's, I mean, conceptually, it's awesome. It's basically a charcoal pellet grill, which is pretty cool. The pellet grill, but I miss the charcoal flavor. Yeah, exactly. Because a year exactly. ago, I had a, just a good old rubber. Um, and what this uh, Mashable does is basically a pellet grill, but for charcoal. Right. So it stacks And up. I think you can, because it's... You know, like pellet grills, it's only good for little pellets. Mine was actually out of commission for like a year because the pellets had gotten wet somehow and swollen, and then you couldn't use it anymore because it's got this tiny little feeder. So I had to rip the whole thing apart and clean it and everything to, to get it working again. But um, I think you can actually put like wood chunks in there too because it, it accepts bigger things, and it just, as, as it falls, it burns. So I think you can mix wood in with it. So it's actually really cool. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I think you can. Oh, uh, charcoal chunks, um, up in the giant chimney type structure. Um, I have a spot to put a lighter. 
or an igniter, I should say. Um, so you can slide in, like, you know, whatever you used to start your charcoal with now. Um, but then a light bit, you don't have to pull it and dump it out of the chimney or try to light it inside the chimney or anything like that. Yeah. And then you, when you turn the grill on, it's got a fan that blows the smoke and the heat and all that from the chimney into the actual grill um, area. Yep. Um, yeah, it's massive. So it's a charcoal smoker, which is really cool. It'll, it'll explain itself. But it's pretty sick. When you're done, you just put the, these slides back in, cuts off the oxygen, so it puts the fire out, so your charcoal's there ready for next time. And it yeah. holds quite a lot. I only have to fill it up like every, if I'm grilling like every three cooks. Of course, if you're smoking, you know, they use a lot more. But anyways, let me know how this goes with the chicken. Some of the vortex is. I got a master built. What, uh, what do you use for your grill? I think it's in charcoal, but I couldn't remember. For sure. So, um, and what's your dream grill? Okay, bye. It's funny. So, what's your dream girl? <laughs> I couldn't understand what you said. Dream grill. Um, yeah. So, I think you know, if, if I were to build an arsenal of of smokers, at some point, I'd want to get one of those. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I have two. Well, three technically, but one is a very tiny. I don't know what you call it, even like a 16-inch Weber or something. It was the tiniest thing I could find when I first got started. It was at a thrift store. The box was all busted open. It was probably like 10 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? I want to try this. And that's what I started cooking on, and I freaking fell in love. I had no idea what I was doing. The temperatures were way too high. I was probably trying to do indirect smoking at 700 degrees in that little thing. Because it's so small, you fill up a whole chimney and dump it in there. It's going to be way too hot. But the food was just way better than anything i was eating you know freezer meal nonsense and it was just i just freaking fell in love with it so i have that i don't really use it much anymore um <clears throat> i have the austin xl pellet grill because i wanted the biggest possible thing ever i will never I, I i hope one day i'll be able to fill that whole thing up just host a big party and cook a bunch of ribs and everything else in there but i wanted to make sure it was the it has like a 30 pound pellet capacity and um you know you can cook a whole pork butt overnight and it will not it'll be it'll be close but it'll it'll hold all the pellets that you need um so i like that that is a uh, a pit boss it's just a i don't say cheap but it's it's the walmart brand pellet grill basically it works fine for me uh actually it doesn't the the temperature controls are all garbage but it it's fine i've got a a thermometer so i know where the good spot to put it is to get it roughly where it's supposed to be you put it one spot lower you know if you want it at 225 you put it at the 200 mark and then put it close to where the fire is or where the smoke comes out because on the other end is where it gets hotter. So if you put it there, it'll it'll end up being about 225. But anyways, the one that I like, that's when I'm kind of just feeling lazy or whatever and don't really want to do anything. You just turn on the old oven and, and good to go. But my baby right now is a 26-inch Weber. I got a bigger Weber because I wanted to smoke with the char. I wanted to turn my charcoal grill into a smoker. And because it's bigger, you do the offset and it's got more more airflow. It's got, you know, bigger, bigger burn area. You know, so you put more uh, fire in there, you build up more smoke, you get more airflow, you get a little more smokiness. It's it's as good of a smoker as you're probably going to get on a Weber kettle. And uh, it does make some good food. I want to kind of expand, but you know, the more I, the more I get into it, the more I realize I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's good. I'm, I'm really starting to hammer down understanding building fires and, and controlling temperature with fuel and all that stuff instead of just choking everything down with uh, using your vents and all that. I try to just keep my vents wide open and learn to control temperature with the fuel. Uh, my my I won't say my dream grill, but if I were to upgrade at this point, I was just looking yesterday, it would be a, uh, a drum smoker. And um, there's some really cool looking ones out there, but honestly, I think... Um, 
I think maybe getting a bullet, one of those little uh, Weber Smoky Mountains. I, I, I don't like it because it's so small and stupid looking and I want this big, massive, you know, gateway drum or something. I just don't think it's really necessary. I mean, if, 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 if you don't know anything about what is going on here, check out a guy by the name of, um, was it Henry or Harry? I think it's Henry Sue, S-O-O. Um, his whole claim to fame, he's won over 100 barbecue competitions. He shows up with this tiny little uh, chintzy looking Weber Smoky Mountain, and he cooks his food on it, and he cooks against guys with, with uh, you know, $20,000 pits in these competitions, and he's won over 100 with just using this Weber Smoky Mountain. And his whole thing is, it's not the pit, it's the pit master. Learn to control the, the fire and the smoke and all that stuff, and you can make unbelievable, and of course, higher quality cuts would help. But the more I look into it, the more I feel like that's, that's going to be a good one to get. I, I would kind of like to get one of those regular drums because then the... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Weber Smoky Mountain would be my next favorite thing to get. It's, it's, it's more of just a pure smoker as opposed to the grill that I have that I turn into a smoker. So that is probably the next iteration. And then after that, it's uh, find a way to get super rich and then just get a... Um, I guess you don't need to be super rich, but a, a decent quality offset smoker. Which I feel like if you actually legitimately want to get a good one, you're probably north of fifteen hundred. I'm I'm thinking maybe even kind of in the three thousand range. You can get super cheap ones at Walmart or whatever. I'm just not doing that. I'm not dealing with it. The amount of control, fire control and everything, and the hot spots, and it's just it's not worth it. Probably we way better off with any of the other stuff I already have. So those are the next steps for me. Get a cheap little. Um, it's probably like five hundred bucks to get because I want to get the twenty two inch. Just because you know. I'm not going to get the smallest one. I'm going to get the biggest one, but probably 500 bucks for the Weber Smoky Mountain. And then, um, you know, when I'm 60 years old and save my, my money up, I'll, I'll get me one of those. When all the kids are out of the house kind of thing, just get this monstrosity, just park it on the side of the house on a trailer or something and just sit outside and drink a cream soda, <laughs> crank some music and smoke some meat. That's, that's what my life's going to be. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Joe the janitor. Hey, Joe the janitor. Connecticut. From Connecticut. What's up, man? How are you? How's it going? I'm good. Well, Saturday, um, I don't know, you're probably still a week back, as we call it. Yep, about First a week. Saturday in June. Uh, maybe we're preseason right now, but not sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> I did uh, I did go out, uh, as my last call stated, I had a job. For Tep Agency um, this past week, and uh, hopefully next week too. Um, yeah, this, I don't know if you know how Temp Agencies work, but uh, the company I'm actually doing the work for is kind of like uh, a surf pro. I can't use their name. No, I'll say like a surf pro. Um, they go around clean up messes, floods, fires, okay. stuff like that. Anyway, um, so the temp agency I'm working for has me with a company like that. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start, but um, I guess I should keep it simple. Um, four of us, an electrical fire, uh, the, the three laborers, I guess, myself included. Um, the other two don't speak my language. And um, the guy that actually works for Serpro that's running the job is probably about 19 years old and seems like he has no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
pretty rough situation, pretty dirty, fires are disgusting. Never, uh, being a janitor, never cleaned up a fire before, but I guess the same thing, got solutions and brushes. Um, but, uh, yeah, one thing that I kind of want to touch in that kind of touches on the topic that we talk about once in a while. Um, so this uh, kid, the 19-year-old Gen Z bastard, um, <laughs> doesn't do anything except for sitting in his van. And um, I happened to uh, walk up to his van to ask him a question, and he had a movie on his phone, um, just sitting there watching a movie while the other guys were working. And you know what that goddamn movie was? It was the new Fast and Furious. <clears throat> now, I never was a huge fan of Fast and Furious. Never hated it. Never loved it. I absolutely hate it now. And Atta I want to strangle this Atta kid. Boy. I'm sure I'll call back. Get him. Shalom. Get him. Shalom. Doesn't that mean peace? <laughs> I don't know what things mean. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, sound, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for the update. <laughs> Seth is back for some more. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Sorry, I got distracted playing with my baby here. Um, hey, Steve, Alaska. Uh, so the summer's awesome. How bad does winter suck? I, I've actually always wanted to know that. Because um, Alaska seems pretty sweet from a lot of things, but I just think that winter would send me straight into depression. Oh, yeah. Um, also, how's the trout fishing up there? Hopefully you do some trout fishing. I, I love to trout fish, so... Uh, share some of your um, awesome stories with us. Okay, bye. By the way, this is a good reminder. I did create a uh, Discord channel so that uh, everybody that wants to talk to each other, whether that be, you know, Stephen Alaska or whatever, you can do that there. I didn't want to just make it public everywhere because I didn't want people who don't listen, spammer, bear fan, losers, to, to get in there. So I posted it in the Facebook group because I figured that's, you know, fine. And Patreon... And that's pretty much it. So I guess if you want that link, either go there or reach out to me and I'll get you that link so that you guys can go in there and chat it up and um, talk to some of the celebrity callers. <laughs> See what Steven Alaska and 1265 fan and Seth from Iowa are doing. Hey, Ryan, it's Jimmy. Hey. Uh, I just wanted to give a take on the Bakhtiari comments and... Um, I, too, am not um, trying to overreact or paint him in any way, uh, good or bad. But I do think that I just thought something, uh, one interesting different take when he says that same old, same old, basically, for OTAs. Um, given the fact that his one of his best friends and, um, you know, the savior of the team is no longer, no longer here, kind of, kind of good, I think, in a way for him to have this kind of steady Eddie approach, you know? It could, he could very much think that these OTAs are very different than the other ones. Uh, and it could be, you know, that he stress, stresses how much people have to learn at these OTAs. He's hoping they take full advantage because we're in a completely new situation now. But in some ways, it's kind of encouraged by his, like, nope, same old, same old. Like, yeah, we lost Rogers, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. We're good. Uh, I mean, I know he wasn't saying all of those words, but I guess that's the whole point. When he says very few words, it leaves, uh, it gives us the fun game of interpreting them. So um, I'm going to choose the optimistic route here and think that he, his um, professionalism here is not cold, but is uh, 
you know, just just steady, just not getting phased, which is something, a quality we look for in our veterans. Go back on. Yeah, I mean, I am glad that he's not seemingly caught up in the whole, like, you know, I don't like this team, I don't like ownership or leadership. He may feel that way, I have no idea, but he's not saying it. Um, but yeah, I think he has a very disconnected sort of approach in terms of, like, this is my job that I do over here. And yeah, I mean, my friend left or whatever, but it's where I'm, I'm going to see him. I can talk to him whenever I want. We can hang out in the off season. It's not that big of a deal. We're both nearing retirement and then we can hang out as much as we want. Um, but yeah, I'm a Packer because that, those are the guys that pay me and, um, not super worried about it. You know, sometimes you play with people you like, sometimes you play with people you don't, you know, he, he just has that, I mean, we can call it professionalism, I suppose. I just think it's sort of a, a veteran mentality of, for, for a lot of, not everybody, I think, you know, guys like Devontae or whatever have a different kind of focus on sort of, you know, different things, I guess. But even him a little bit, because what did he do? He wanted to go be with his friends. He wanted to be closer to home. Your, your, your focus changes. I mean, you, you kind of get into, uh, I don't want to be morbid, but, you know, as people get older, you kind of understand that life is kind of drawing to an end and your priorities change and who you are changes and what matters changes. And I, I think that's what players go through as well. And I think you see that. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is good that he's not like freaking out and throwing a fit and being angry. Like, you know, like Michael Scott, when uh, they sent Holly away, you know, you knew that I liked her and you just sent her away. I was really sucky. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if Bakhtiari said that to Gutekunst. You knew that I liked him and you just sent him away. It was really sucky, man. It's a really sucky thing to do. But yeah, I, I, you're right. There, there is a positive way to look at it and a negative way to look at it. And I think that the, the negative is just he's at this stage in his life where he's not into the rah rah stuff and oh, we gotta work hard, we're gonna win, we're gonna. He, he just he doesn't. He's not gonna do that anymore. He doesn't care. He's here to collect a paycheck, and uh, you know he's gonna go dominate at football because he knows that's what he does. And hopefully he doesn't get hurt because then he doesn't get to collect as much money and. You know, help guys along. He's a nice person. Again, this isn't about being a bad guy. Just like Rogers, will, I mean, if you ask him a question, he's not going to say, you know, F you. He'll help people out. He's, he, you know, I'm here to do whatever while I'm here. If, you know, if you got a question, you can ask me. I'm not going to be mean about it. But it's just, it's not, it's not the same level of focus and excitement and enthusiasm or whatever that I, I think some of us wish that they had. But it is what it is. You know, there's positives and negatives to being a veteran, positives and negatives to being a young, you know, naive Football player. Speaking of Steve in Alaska. Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. Hey. How's it going? Good. Hope everybody's doing well. Me too. Um, calling back uh, Omar, the firefighter. Dead <laughs> ass if I had ever seen that. Again, uh, we have a Discord. If you guys are interested, you guys can uh, go hang out there. Steve can talk to Omar, and Seth can talk to Steve, and uh, 1265 fan can try to get up in Steve's mentions and hang out. and. <laughs> uh I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You guys can chat all you want. But anyways, Steve, please continue. Movie about uh, the vampires up in the last of. Um, I have seen it. I can't remember what it's called. But I have seen it. It was years ago. I think I watched it once. Um, those guys were all the way up, I believe, on the North Slope, which is, I don't know, they're, they're five, four or 500 miles north of me here. So <laughs> they get dark, completely dark, for months out of the year. I don't get completely dark. There's always, you know, the sun's below the horizon um, or behind the mountain line. So I get sunlight, but I don't see the sun. Um, so I got about a month where I don't see the sun. And that kind of depends on where you are in the state. Uh, that's up in Fairbanks. 
she gets less daylight than I do. Um, she probably gets 30 minutes, give or take, 10 minutes less daylight during the day than I do because she's, she's, well, highway miles, she's 140 highway miles, but she's probably, you know, 80 to 100 miles north of me as, uh, as the crow flies, as they would say. Um, but yeah, I, I remember seeing that movie, and every now and then in the wintertime, that movie will pop back in my head when you're sitting, you know, go to the, go to the outhouse, and it's dark, and you're sitting out there, and it's like, wow, remember that movie with the vampires? How crazy would that be? And that would suck. <laughs> Those vampires hanging out all the time in the wintertime, and you had, like, months of them having, like, just to run everything that would just blow. Um, yeah, so yes, I have seen it. Um, and I've already told you guys about getting used to daylight, and I'm going to go into that again. Uh, but Ryan, you had asked, I was listening to today's, or yesterday's, um, after dark, um, and you had wondered about Alaska barbecue style. Uh, yeah. there's really not a barbecue style like you would standardly think of. Um, most everybody up here when they think about grilling stuff, since there's a lot of hunters, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, makes sense. a big subsistence state where people live off the land. Yep. So they're getting caribou and moose. So they're using a totally different type of meat. Um, you got to treat it totally different. Matter of fact, a lot of what they do, I think, is just ridiculous. I watched uh, watched some guys, they went out and they got a goose. Um, and they just cleaned it and then threw it in a pot and started boiling it. They didn't even, like, roast it or nothing first. They were, they were making soup, and it was just a boiled raw bird. Um, so, yeah. Me, I grew up in Kenosha, born in Kenosha, so I got Chicago-style stuff. There you go. Yep. I worked some down in Georgia, so I got some Southern style down there. I spent time in different places. So I'm a bit of a conglomerate of ideas. Um, that's my barbecue. But I'm out of time. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I, was, I, guess, I guess I was just curious if there was kind of a general thought on that. Um, I, I, you know, again, growing up in Illinois, which I think is the same as Wisconsin generally, there, there is one thought of what barbecue is and i think it's sort of that kansas city style um i didn't even realize until i got into this that there was a texas style which is more geared toward beef and just salt and pepper which i don't think anybody actually just uses salt and pepper i think they're all a bunch of liars and most of them will admit that salt pepper lowry salt pepper garlic whatever but then the carolina style freaked me out or you know, I, I didn't really you know it's like a lot of whole hog and you know, mustard base, and then there's like the vinegar based stuff as opposed to the more ketchup base. Like, I, I didn't, I thought we all just made ribs and slathered it in barbecue sauce, man. I didn't realize it was all this stuff. <laughs> Anyways, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.